You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome, guys. Welcome to Pets Mean Business. I'm Jamie Migdahl, and I am your host for Pets Mean Business here on Pet Life Radio Network. You are actually being welcomed to number 24, episode 24, which seems crazy to me that this has been 24 episodes. I feel like this has been one of the greatest things I've done in the pet industry is to have this opportunity to have this podcast, have this show on this great network, meeting all these great people, being involved in all these great conversations. And here we are facing conversation number 24. And I just want to thank you so much for listening and for contacting me and for participating and for being engaged and interested in the stuff that we're talking about on Pets Mean Business. Because and is a really cool thing that pets mean business, literally and figuratively. And um, and the engagement and the interest level is is why the industry continues to grow, and and why people um, continue to find inspiration and continue to live out their dreams by working with pets because there is that level of engagement and interest and it's just really awesome and I'm glad to be um, a small part of that. So thank you so much for being a part of this with me. So what is Pets Mean Business? If you've been listening, you know exactly what it is, right? We get together once a week. We talk to some really cool entrepreneur who has a really cool idea, who's either in the middle of bringing it to market, has already been in market, maybe changing directions, maybe going through some personal changes that they need to address as it relates to their business or their livelihood. So it's just this real interesting deep look at the people behind that $60 billion number, right? There's a lot of people that are doing a lot of great work. And so we take, you know, about a half hour, 20 minutes talking to some of these great people. And um, today is no different. My guest is incredible today. He's a longtime entrepreneur who's uh, made some really great shifts that I think is also, that I think will inspire you greatly. So here's the deal. So the show is really, like I said, it's about um, entrepreneurship in the pet space. And my lens on this is that I am an entrepreneur in the pet space, so <laughs> there's the obvious tie-in. And in being an entrepreneur in the pet space, you know, the thing that interests me, uh, I'm interested by a lot of things. I'm interested by dogs interest me. Dog behavior, of course, the extension of that interests me greatly. Business interests me greatly. Business concepts and theories interest me greatly. Um, life hacks interest me greatly. And kind of the intersection of all of those things really are the, th- is the thing that I kind of geek out the most on. And then if you throw in the relationship between people and their pets into all of those other things, you get this world of pet entrepreneurship. And it's really no other industry that I know can really, they all pale in comparison because this is really, uh, this is really that intersection that when you start throwing animals into stuff, you know, like they say, I think it was WC Fields, don't let me work with animals and kids, right? Because as soon as you throw those into the mix, who knows what happens? And that's the same as it is in business. So it's been my experience over the last 20 plus years as an entrepreneur in the pet space. I get the most joy out of being with other entrepreneurs in this space, watching them, listening to them, learning from them. And I needed a show. We needed a show to be able to showcase that. So that's how this came about. And so if you're sitting there right now thinking, well, I, I want to do that. I want to be a pet entrepreneur. I think that's pretty cool. I have an idea. Well, then let's do it. Call me up. Email me. Contact me. I'll hook you up with some resources. And you too can be an entrepreneur in the pet space. And then you can feel all the pain because the pain is part of it. And my guest here will tell you about that. So come along for the ride today on episode number 24 on Pets Mean Business. And uh, today our ride is going to take us down a path with a wonderful entrepreneur named Brian Custer. He is a digital entrepreneur and uh, he has just recently purchased a known 
site a known product, a SaaS product called Better Walker, which is a dog walking software, business management software for you got a dog walking and pet sitting. So obviously I'm in the digital space. I love talking to entrepreneurs in the digital space. I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. I've known Brian for a long time. So this should be a pretty cool, mellow, interesting conversation. And we'll learn about Brian and what brought him to where he is today. Okay, so we will be right back. It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Camp Bow Wow comes in. All day play and overnight camp, daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. Yuppie Puppy City Kitty provides pet lovers an opportunity to earn up to 50% commission selling our premium pet products. Advocate Gina Brick says, The opportunity to share such a quality product line with other pet lovers is amazing. The support of the Yuppie Puppy City Kitty family while working the business is a true gift. Mention special code PETLIFE when you enroll today and receive three additional products free. Find us at www.ypckpets.com. That's ypckpets.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for hanging around, and here we are. So I mentioned that we're going to be talking with a friend of mine. I mentioned he was a friend. I hope I did, because I didn't. I want to make that abundantly clear. You know, I meet a lot of people in the industry, lots and lots of people, some cooler than others. Brian, however, is at the top of the cool, and I love his path, and I love his story, and that's why I've invited him to join us today on Pets Mean Business, episode number 24. Brian Custer, welcome to Pets Mean Business. Thank you so much for having me, Jenny, and I'm, I'm blushing. Thank you for that beautiful intro. You're welcome. You should have heard the intro. Listen, when you, I, I really, you missed it, but I actually did an even more glowing and and, uh, and flowery intro before you uh, got on the line. So when you do hear this live, you'll hear that and you'll be like, oh my goodness, you'll really be blushing. So listen, I like to always start out by kind of grounding us. So for people listening, for our listeners, they understand who you are. And if they want to get on one of their electronic devices to kind of check you out while they're listening, I like to make that happen. So um, you are the CEO of betterwalker.com. So I want to go ahead and give that website out real quickly. Want to go ahead and spell that? I'll let you do the honors. Sure. So I'm the CEO and owner of Better Walker. So it's B-E-T-T-E-R-W-A-L-K-E-R, Better Walker. Betterwalker.com is the outfacing sales site. Uh, Better Walker itself is a scheduling and business management software for pet sitting companies uh, for professionals, for people that are serious about um, their business and specifically about growing their business. So that's that's who I am. Okay. I like who you are. So, okay, betterwalker.com. So you can keep that in the back of your mind. Check it out. Please go visit Brian's site. It's, he's actually rehabbed it. In fact, let's talk about that. So, you know, there are a handful of us, I think, and I, I mean that truly. There are a handful of us in the pet industry who are founders, CEOs, what have you, running operational, the head of operations of SaaS-based 
products, SaaS being software as a service, meaning that people buy our products to be able to help to operationalize their companies. And there are really, there are just a couple of us. I mean, what what do you think? Mm -hmm. There are how many software companies in the pet space serving the B2B market? How many would you say? Oh, um, 20, 30? Yeah, probably under 30. But it's so funny to, you know, when I hear that, that, that statement with being linked to me, it's a little funny in some Why? ways because the, well it's not it's not the uh it's not the path that I started on right I started out of getting uh, a degree in acting so I'm a classically trained actor you know and then I started the service business out of a desire to have some control over my day-to-day work life and out of a love for animals and uh, you know wanting to have a, a good day job while I pursued acting and what happened is over time that business grew and continued to grow, and then I got some education, uh, business education, and became intentional about that growth and really trying to, to blow it out. And that's when I started using, in my own company, the predecessor to Better Walker, which was a, a software called Better Walker, like Better Walker with a Boston accent. And I started using it because when I looked at the other softwares that were on the market, so I, I found them to be a little cumbersome, and Better Walker really had kind of insight into what it was like to do the day-to-day operational job of running a pet sitting company, uh, and it made my life much, much easier. And then after using it in my own company for six or seven years, I saw an opportunity to approach the developer and purchase my, purchase it myself because I loved the, the software and more and more, I grew to love entrepreneurs and people taking that leap and starting their own business. And the idea of owning a business where the people I dealt with on a daily basis were entrepreneurs who had started their own pet sitting company and being able to help them on that journey, help scale it. You know, I mean, I, it was a revelation for me, this idea that, hey, I can start something out of a desire to control my own work life and out of a love for animals. And that can grow into something that will pay my mortgage and put my kids through college. You know, that was a transition for me in the evolution of my of, of running the company. And I want to spread that gospel to other people that are just starting out their company and say, hey, here's a tool that can give you the infrastructure to be able to grow something that uh, can sustain you financially and possibly sustain your 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 children as well. So I it's not so I'm not a tech guy, right? So I, I own this software, but I don't have any background in tech. What I have a background in is uh, running a pet service company and knowing that in my bones what it's like to do that on a daily basis. And I've like a good entrepreneur, I think, recognize what my where my knowledge gaps are and hired the correct people to fill those in so that I've got the tech people I need. But on a daily basis I get to engage my own passion of working with other entrepreneurs and sharing the knowledge that I learned over a you know 13 year career. That's incredible. You know, I just I'm making some notes here as you're talking, and you know, again, I've known you for a really long time, and you know, I've had a lot of meaningful conversations and interactions, and you know, you've been a customer of mine, and I've got lots sure. of friends and family that have been clients of yours, and there's just been a whole bunch of places that we've um, you know had a had a meeting a meeting point. Um, an interception point, intersection point, if you will. It's funny to hear you talking like this in this kind of venue and hear the things that are really coming out for me 
um, as a listener and as someone who respects and admires you. And I feel like you're this, you, know, you talked about being a classically trained actor and then that led you to wanting to have some freedom. So you started a pet business and then that led you to um, recognizing the opportunity in the pet industry, you know, having this insight and experience with this particular product and seeing the opportunity there to acquire that product. So, you know, the path that I see is really paved with a couple of things. And tell me if this resonates with you or if you think I'm sure. pulling this out of my ass. So here's what I think. I think there's this this mixture of you, this this combination of um, opportunistic, kind of a, 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 being a very opportunistic, some intention, a lot of intention as well, like intentional, intentionality, if that's a word. I mean, this whole, and then inspiration. So I feel like somehow you have found this place, this sweet spot, where you're able to be incredibly opportunistic, which is exactly what an entrepreneur is, by the way. At the end of the day, if you're not you know, an entrepreneur, if they're not opportunistic, then they're not an entrepreneur. Having that intention, I love that you used it and you took that intention and you grew a company and then you took that intention, you bought a company. And then of course, the desire to inspire, teach, bring value to others. I mean, you have, yeah. you really have the triad, if you will, of what it takes to be successful and also not just be successful from a financial or from a class perspective, but really from a you know, from kind of a life goal perspective. I mean, who yeah. and how many of us can say what I just said about you? How many people can really, how many people really have those things going for them? And how many people have really kind of dug their heels in and really like really just felt those things and just really embraced yeah. them? You have. It's really impressive. I appreciate all that. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to give a shameless plug for someone that someone else that, that I believe in, right? So, Earlier this year, I went to this great conference in Chicago that was actually set up by a friend of mine. It was called the Elusive Moose Conference, which I think is my favorite name for a conference. I mean, what? Okay. (laughs) But basically, it was a conference for entrepreneurs or people that owned their own businesses, had grown successful businesses, and then were struggling to find the joy and the work-life balance in that journey, right? That, hey, I've created this company that I, I set out to create. I've done it, and I'm not as happy as I, as I would like to be or as fulfilled as I would like to be. Or, or there are things that I see other people doing in their business that I, I look at and I go, I need to be doing that, and yet somehow I keep not doing it, right? Like those mm-hmm. things that we all fall into. Mm-hmm. And so it was a conference built around that, so, and I just heard some wonderful things, and this theme over three days kept emerging out of all of the speakers that presented, and there were some very authoritative, deep-thinking, impressive people that had done some really wonderful things at this conference, uh, but they all came down to that the life lesson that had come through to them had been one of pair it down. Get rid of the stuff that's not your passion, that doesn't drive you, that's not important to you. Really, I mean, it's almost like the vision stuff, right? Like of really getting clarity on who you are and what's important to you and then drawing a line in the sand and saying, this is who I really am and I'm not interested in this business, right? So there were people that were doing pivots in their business that had been doing one thing and for a long time and... and Growing it and being successful, but it increasingly was not aligned with who they are or where they wanted to be, right? And how do you leave that thing that's reliable, 
right? How do you make that pivot to be, you know, a Shakespeare thing to thine own self be true, right? To, to get deeper into that. And so that really has a lot to do with why I made a change and, and moved into Better Walker. There was this thing of, you know, I want more time with my family. I want to be dealing with entrepreneurs rather than employees and uh, clients, right? And to start to get that clarity, I can tell you, it's, it's you know, kind of a little off topic here, but since I know you so well, but I remember, uh, you know, shortly after I left my old company and started this new one, you know, my wife said to me, you know what's different in our relationship? Mm-hmm. I said, what? She said, you're not depressed about your work situation mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're engaging your own passions, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's so important, and it's such a journey to kind of let that be the most important thing. I mean, it's interesting. You. I mean, it's yeah. so so interesting to hear. First of all, when you did tell me that that was a few weeks ago when we were talking about your exit from your old company and this kind of you know yeah. entree into this into the company you're currently yeah. you know the owner and CEO of, yeah. that really did strike me. That really it was something that sat with me, and I thought about it. and I thought about it since, and I think it's you know part of in my intro I talk a little bit about how the pet industry is this really cool industry because it intersects passion and business and entrepreneurship and you know desire and all of these things. Yeah. But at the end of the day all of those things all it comes down to is finding personal joy and uh and it's so cheesy and it's such like a pollyanna kind of you know there's this whole pollyanna culture that people kind of make fun of you know the you know the pillows with the quotes on it but like the reality is is that you know it's really it is it's about and as an entrepreneur it's really important that you find your joy because it is a lot of friggin' work to be an entrepreneur and to run a company regardless of the scale it's a lot of interest it's just a lot in fact i'm gonna um we're gonna go into break for a second but i want to just talk about i'm gonna introduce something to you I'm not sure if you're familiar. I'm sure, do you know who Tim Ferriss is? I don't. Okay, so this is somebody I'm sure you should know. Yeah, you should. He's an entrepreneur. He did the four hour work week and the four hour body and the four hour chef. And he's, you know, a very prolific investor now. And he came from kind of nothing. And he's this like real life hacker guy. And he's just very, you know, just a really, to use the term that's overused, but he's a true thought leader um, and kind of a lot of things around uh, around living a life, a purposeful life, and especially as it relates to uh, business. And so he has a podcast that I listen to all the time. In fact, I mean, I really, I'm, just because I, I host a podcast, I will tell you that it's very authentic because I also love podcasts and listen to them primarily as my I would I'd prefer to listen to a podcast over watch a TV show. Anyhow, I listened to Tim Ferriss's podcast. I was listening to this morning. And I just kind of pick and choose episodes. I don't have a ton of time. And I listened to, do you know who Seth Godin is? Yeah. Seth Godin, you should also know this name. Seth Godin is this other very prolific entrepreneur and speaker and writer. And he's like, he's kind of just the end all be all for a lot of, uh, a lot of entrepreneurial thought, if you will. He's just this very, very freaking cool guy. And it just really knows how to, how to massage a message. Anyhow, Tim was talking to him today on the podcast about, you know, how do you coach entrepreneurs who are looking to take their business to the next level? That was literally a question, right? And Seth said, well, you know, the first thing that I do with entrepreneurs who are looking to do this, I have to help them define what kind of entrepreneur they are. And he went on to say that there are really only two kinds of entrepreneurs, and it's so important that you know the kind of entrepreneur you are. And, and it's not a good or bad. Not a, It's not a good or bad. It's not a judgment. It's just, it's a category. And no category being above the other, which is, are you the kind of entrepreneur who sees an opportunity and wants to operationalize and scale to be able to make some money and live a life and do the things and just be, you know, he uses the example of a snowplow. 
right? It was a snowplow business. So you can have a, as a, an entrepreneur would say, I live in a snowy climate. I'm going to hire 10 different guys. We're going to have a snowplow business. I'll be able to deliver it faster, better, cheaper. I'm going to be able to outsell all of the independents. And that's how I'm going to build my company, right? That's one type of entrepreneur. Those people are typically wildly successful, right? Then the other kind of entrepreneurs is a person who says, I want to do all of those things, but I also want to change the way people think. And I want to change the world. And I want to do this in a way that changes the conversation around whatever my product or business or my deliverable is. I listen, I actually, I rewound the podcast and listened to that three times this morning because I really never... You, know, you just think of entrepreneurship as being like, you know, people divide themselves business owner, entrepreneur, CEO, blah, blah, founder, blah, blah, blah. But it really does come down to knowing who you are and what you want out of life from owning a business. And I feel like you have done that in a very meaningful way. And I don't know where you put yourself in terms of those categories, but but you're very clear and you've always been very clear. And that's why you've been successful. And that's why you will, in my experience and my thought about my, my experience with you is why you'll continue to be successful. So on that note, cool. um, we're going to take a break and come back and talk cool. more about you and your product and whatever else the hell comes up. So guys, it's Jimmy McDonald, your host of Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. Uh, we're here talking to my good friend, Brian, about his awesome life and product and vision and everything else. We'll be right back. They wake me up every morning. Their tails are always wagging. They're just running constantly and chasing, you know, shadows and sticks. Their coats are much better. They're very happy dogs. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I have three dogs, golden retrievers. And I make their own food, ground beef, white rice, um, eggs, including the shells, and the Dynavite supplement, and then the Lico Chops. It takes a few minutes every week. Before the Dynavite, they were overweight. They slept all the time. So now they jump all over me when I'm putting it in their bowls. They're crazy about this food. And their vet said that it's so much healthier for them. Go check out Rescue Dogs. They're just waiting to be loved. Get them started on this Dynavite diet, the health food for animals, and you'll see amazing results. 859 Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. We're back. I'm Jamie McDom, your host on Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. And we're here with my friend Brian Custer, CEO and owner. I know we have to be careful with that. I want to talk about that, actually, of BetterWalker.com. So you have had two experiences in life as an entrepreneur. One is starting a company. One is buying a company. Uh, how different are those experiences? And can you talk a little bit about your greatest lessons from both of those experiences from starting and buying? Sure. I mean, so I, I guess, I, you know, it's funny. When, when I started uh, my, my first company, it wasn't, there was no vision behind it, right? It was really just kind of a life choice to try to create a little extra money while I pursued a, a, another passion. 
right? And so because of that, you know, everything that happened was kind of out of happenstance and organic in, in the beginning. Uh, there's a definite demarcation uh, for me about when things changed. And what happened was I, you know, I became involved in my local chamber of commerce and then I became, you know, chairman of the board of directors. But in that relationship, an opportunity to go and get some business education came my way. And, and it hit right at the right time, you know, where, you know, at that point we had 15 or 20 employees. And there was a little bit of anxiety that had creeped in about, hey, I'm responsible for 15 or 20 people's livelihood, and there's nobody at my company who has a business background that caused a little anxiety. I went and got this business education, and that, I think, so I guess what I'm saying is, until that point, it hadn't really crystallized for me the opportunities that lay before me, and really kind of claiming my own as, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm somebody that wants who who's excited by creating something and growing it, right? The growth is what's exciting to me and is driving me in my current venture more than the nuts and bolts of the daily operational stuff, right? It's, yep. it's the vision, it's the mission, it's the expansive opportunities that are out there and taking advantage of those. And so that's what led to the opportunity for me, you know, to me, for me to see this opportunity to acquire Better Walker. And, and having had that business experience, I was able to, you know, look at it a different way. You know, I, I did a lot of due diligence that I don't think I would have ever done prior to having that kind of business education, right? Because I certainly hadn't done that in my first business. It was like, hey, why don't I do this? This might be better than waiting tables, right? Um, <laughs> That's a lot of pet really industry. Is. That's like, isn't that just so like pet industry, right? People are like, it really is. And, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I, I think that's, a, I think that's an absolutely valid way to begin a journey, you know, totally. and the journey doesn't have to end with become, you know, identifying yourself as an entrepreneur and trying to scale something that, you know, there are plenty of people out there that have a passion are starting a, a business and, they just want some kind of life balance out of it. And it's a lifestyle business. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I am of the mindset, though, when you talked about those two different kinds of entrepreneurs. But yeah, I do see in the pet industry a need for, uh, and I know you and I have talked about this endlessly, uh, for some business acumen and some professionalism to pervade the industry, right? Yeah. I think it's happening. I do think it's happening. I think yeah, it's really but, happening. But I think, fine, but, but, my, my platform in, that we just debuted yesterday, right? Fetchfine.com. That is, absolutely. you know, that's, I, I totally agree with absolutely. you. Absolutely. And what I see is because what, what I see so often is that I see pet service pe uh, people, people that are starting pet service companies, uh, rather than identifying as kind of, I own a pet sitting business or a pet service business, they say, I'm a professional pet sitter. Which mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. and and there's a slight distinction there for me of it's job versus career. Yeah, or it's not recognizing that they have created something of value that they own. And the reason I think that's so important is because if life circumstances change, if for, you know someone goes in the hospital or something, and they want to be able to recoup value for all of the hard work they've put in. They're not in a position to do that if they don't understand what makes the business profitable and 
valuable in the first place, right? And I guess that's the insight that I got when I got some business education was like, oh, I own this business that has this value, but I don't understand the mechanisms that make it more valuable. So Mm -hmm. I can't intentionally try to grow my business in a way that makes it more valuable and therefore for me on the back end, if I want to send my kids to college or whatever it is that, that my life holds for me, I'm not sure that I, I'm I'm not sure that I'm working in a way that's going to allow that to happen in the future. And I guess that's what I come down to is that whatever business I'm working or growing, I'm growing it in service of my community and you know, my personal life and my family life. You know, those two things have to intersect in some way. Something that comes up for me when I'm hearing you say this, and maybe part of my original thought or question was, are you, in all of the things that I think you hold important as it relates to your life and as it relates to your career and as it relates to being, you know, the person running a company, when you bought Better Walker, was there any identity crisis that you went through because it wasn't something that you quote unquote created? Was that a problem for you or did you, or were you so focused on all of these other components of the opportunity and of the uh, ability yeah. to scale and create, you know, residual revenue? Was that, yeah. what, how you know did what? that? It, yeah. So it's interesting that you say, so like, um, there was a time when I stopped actively pursuing stage work as an actor, Right. And I had a serious identity crisis at that time, right? Like, who am I if I'm not? Uh, I found, strangely enough, in purchasing Better Walker and moving down that, that it was the opposite of an identity crisis. It was me moving closer to my center, right? Mm-hmm. It was me acknowledging what was important to me, what I really enjoyed in my work life, and creating an opportunity to do more of what I enjoyed as opposed to you know, at some point in my previous business, it, it, I had gotten to a point where my day-to-day work life was not in line with what I actually enjoyed doing, right? With, right. It wasn't, you know, what I enjoy is this idea of growth and inspiring growth. And I wasn't able to do that in the same way. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't an identity crisis. It was kind of the opposite of that. Oh, that's refreshing because I feel like I do feel like it takes a special person to buy someone else's company. I I have not done that in my career yet. Yeah. I've, as you know, I've sold a couple of companies, um, and so I've sure. been through the transaction on on the seller's end. But I've yeah. always found it fascinating what people go through when they basically kind of step into someone else's identity. Yeah, that's yeah, that is me, literally what but, you're doing, right? You're you're yeah. You're, well, you're, I, I think I think the difference was that this was a product that I was using on a daily basis. Right, 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 years, right, right, right. So, so I already felt some owner, I mean, I, I already felt ownership of it, right? And in a strange way, that's what inspired me to make the approach because I felt like, God, this is great and there could be more done with it, you know? Yeah, I remember so, you talking about that. I remember when you, I remember like mm-hmm. years ago, quite honestly, when we talked about the software you were yeah. using, then Better Walk Out or Walker, I remember talking mm-hmm. about that you just were always so like, God, this thing is just so powerful and it could be so great. And it's, and you know, obviously yeah. at that point, you were never, it was never a conversation like, hey, maybe one day I'll actually, I'll acquire it. It was just, you right. were always really passionate about it as a, as a user. So that is, talk about yeah. an evangelist, right? <laughs> I like the product yeah. so much, I think I'll buy it. The damn thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that guy. What? What's that commercial? You know, I liked it so much. I bought the company. Um, what is that commercial? Because that is exactly what you are. That's exactly yeah, what yeah. it is. What yeah. is it? Do you know? 
I, I can't. I, I, right. I don't um, remember. I all right. Know. Well, on that note, I like this so much I can go on forever. But since I also think that probably yeah. people are like, all right, Jamie and Brian, wrap it up. You guys are great, but come yeah. on now. We'll go ahead and uh, we'll start to bid our farewell. You guys have Brian's uh, website information. If you own a dog walking company, pet sitting company, if you're just looking to hire your first person, if you're an independent, if you have 100,000 employees, whatever you're doing, however you're doing it, I can guarantee you I know Brian well. I understand the platform. I get it. Um, this is not a paid endorsement. I think it's an incredible product, betterwalker.com. In fact, Brian is um, full disclosure, uh, one of our content partners on fetchfind.com. And so uh, we only have companies and businesses on there that we feel meet particular criteria and standards. And Brian's company certainly does in spades. So if you're interested, uh, you can email me, you can email Brian. Brian, is it, what's your email? You give that? Uh, They can reach out. Yeah, please. And I'll say this also in just closing that I'm in earnest when I say that I really love talking to entrepreneurs and talking shop with people that are building uh, pet service companies. So you can reach out to me uh, just to talk shop and ask for, you know, what my experience has been. I can be reached at B-K-O-E as in Edward, S as in Sam, T-E-R at betterwalker.com. There you go. And we'll have that up um, on our website, uh, on the Pet Life Radio Network website, as well as the Fetch Find Pet Life Radio website. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll have your contact information so people can find you, because you should be found, because you're findable, because you're lovable and delicious. And I am so happy that we got to do this. Um, I really am. I'm delighted. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy day, scaling a, scaling a digital product, taking the time to talk to me and, and our listeners, and just uh, hanging out and talking about things that are important. Thank you, Brian. Happy to do it. Okay, everybody. You just got done listening to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio Network. My name is Jamie Migdal. I am your host or hostess. I'm your host, for God's sakes. I'm your host. And uh, this is episode number 24. It's been delightful. You go out and have a lovely rest of your day or evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, and if you have a dog or a cat near you, this would be a good time to say, Mwah! all right, talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.